We're back! Yay! <laughs> Part two! Welcome to episode two of Femme Undone. I'm Lee. And I am Jackie. And in this episode, we're going to discuss sort of something we touched upon in the last episode. Having, being uh, women of color and having white partners. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that Jackie and I talk about a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Both of us have white partners. Um... And both of us have a lot to say. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and I think certainly, like, the first thing that I want to talk about is, you know, in this episode, certainly, I know my intention is not to center whiteness in any capacity, and certainly I know that's Lee's experience as well, or at least that's what we've talked about Mm -hmm. a little bit, right? Um, But definitely, you know, it's, it's, it was something we talked about a little bit in the last episode, right? And it's generally, like, living in the area that we live in, but also just, like, those disconnects, those differences in experience. Um, and I think one of the other things we were wanting to talk about today is just interracial relationships in general. Yeah. Right? Because, like, so often the conversation with Lee and I is when people think about interracial relationships, so much of the time the narrative is, like, a white person and a brown or black person. Right. right? Like, it's always this, like, you know, you see, like, articles. So there was um, the 50th anniversary of Loving versus Virginia was recently, right? And there was mm-hmm. this New York Times feature. And it's like, all these white people with a partner of color. And it's right. like, where are the POC interracial relationships? Right. But then I think also, at least for me, I'm always grappling a little bit with the fact that, well, my partner is white. And so I'm, I'm fitting into this a little bit. So we're going to break that down a little bit today. We're yeah. going to get into it, get a little bit messy. Um, yeah, take it away. Sure. So I'm in a relationship... Um, with a white partner, and this is, I guess, my second uh, serious relationship with a white partner, sure. and um, just sort of as more background about me, I identify as mixed race, um, both of my parents, both sides of my families are mixed, um, but they're black passing. I think that's the simplest, yeah. sort of <laughs> shortest way to describe it. Yeah. Um, so mixed race, woman of color, um, so that, that's what I am. <laughs> um, and so I... I'm used to, was used to dating, uh, POC and sort of have, um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm dating a white person, um, which is, is, it comes with a lot of new experiences, a lot of new conversations that maybe I'd had in different ways with previous partners, um, but there are just new challenges, new things that right. have come up, right. um, and I think that's sort of why we wanted to do this episode, also it's everything we talk about right in terms of, of white partners and, and we both love our partners <laughs> but certainly there are so many things that come up and so many things that happen yeah. and and like we, we talked about extensively in the previous episode especially um in this area right. as well right yeah do you want to add anything to that yeah you know I, I don't think so I think certainly I should probably clarify where I'm coming from a little bit so I mentioned in the last episode that I'm Latina um, so I identify as mixed race as well. And I think I could go on for hours and hours <laughs> about like mixed communities in this country and like the conceptualization of like Latino as a race. I wrote my grad thesis on it actually. But, um, so Casual. my mom, I know, Casual. <laughs> Casual, very like, <laughs> it's, it's like the very, very simplified explanation. <laughs> Um, so my mom's darker skin, my dad's lighter skin, they are both Latino. My mother's from the Dominican Republic, my father is from Uruguay, um, which actually, whenever, so it's funny, whenever I mention that country, nobody has any idea where it is. Uh. Um, it's this, like, tiny, tiny country, um, at the very tip of South America, it's right next to, um, Argentina, 
for people. I feel like maybe people know Argentina a little bit more. Yeah. Right? Um, and so, you know, I, I think we we certainly, we've talked a little bit about grappling with that as well, right? This, this difficulty, I think for me at least, sort of in being mixed and, and coming from that background, right? And growing up in a home in particular where, at least in terms of Latino conceptualizations of race, I had one white parent and one darker skin parent. I don't want to get into yeah. <laughs> the ways that Latino conceptualizations of race are different than those in the States. Because even like within the Latino community, there's so many countries, right? And, and so each country is going to have a different conceptualization of race. You know, but all, all of that is to say it's, it's messy, mm-hmm. right? You know, and I think the ways that people talk about mixedness is often so simple um, and is often so, you know, clear cut. Um, I remember one of the things actually that when, so when we first met, I think one of the first conversations I'm just remembering now that we had was about people coming up to our partners um, and us, and being like, oh, you would have such cute little mixed babies. Yeah. Right. I remember this conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, and it's, it's a trope, I think, yeah. in mixed communities, but, like, I guess I've had sort of, outside of this one partnership, one other serious partnership, um, in my adult life, and he was, um, Latino, but he, he was very much, he identified as white, because he was real, like, white passing. There wasn't really any ambiguity there. Um, and so, you know, that would be that would be a conversation as well, I think, that I would have with other folks is just, like, when in that relationship and certainly in a relationship now, just thinking about, like, okay, well, you see a mask person mm-hmm. and you see a femme person in a relationship, and when one person is brown, there is a little bit of that fetishization. There is a little bit of that, like, wow, like, how exotic, how amazing would right. your children be mm-hmm. because they, you know, are going to look different, but they're going to collude with whiteness just enough yeah. to still be attractive and to still fit into our standards of, like, attractiveness right. in the context of white supremacy. Because that's what happens, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we use terms like mixed race yes. or mixed, especially within sort of, like, this um, North American-American context. It's is all these idealized versions of what that means. Um, right. And I've seen all these articles for, like, this amalgamated sort of, like, mega race mm. where the person is mixed but, like, light skin, right. has freckles, has blue eyes, has, like, curly hair but not too curly, has, like, you know, all of these things but not too much. Yes. Um, and so there's all of these, if when people are saying things like, your babies would look so cute or... Um, I know that I've even had things in my life where, like, people have come up to me and been, like, um, basically asking if my parents sort of, like, chose their partners that way to, like, produce Mm. me specifically um, for, I guess, like, features that are, um, again, like, idealized version of, like, what mixed race looks like and what people want it to look like. Right. Um, It's real fucked up. Oh, yeah. And I think there is certainly, you know, this this experience we have of coming from mixed families, coming... And mixed is not a perfect word, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I want to recognize that. I wish there was better language for it. But at least for myself, right, like, coming from a mixed family, coming from a family with these different perspectives, even within the Latino community, mm-hmm. and then, like, coming into a relationship yeah. and sort of recognizing sort of what that's like, what that may have been like for my parents, certainly. You know, like, I, I know enough about my parents to know, like, there certainly were tensions and histories and family dynamics around colorism because in that capacity it's colorism. Mm-hmm. Um, because my dad, um, 
you know, he he would identify himself as white. Uh, I'll I'll make that clear, but um, that's that's the Latino conceptualization of race, right? In this country, he doesn't pass as white. I mean, I don't think he does. At least that's what all my friends tell me, right? Um, but I grew up with him describing himself as white. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so those tensions, that colorism that was there, you know, I, I recognize that a little bit and I think about that a lot in my relationship with white partners, or at least going into it, in a way that I don't think that my partner has ever thought about. Right. Right. Or maybe they're starting to think about it. Starting to think about it, yeah. yeah. He's, he's fucking fantastic. I give him a lot of credit, um, you know, but I mean, that's, I think that's, that's also another part of interracial relationships I think is that I, I find myself doing this thing that I just did two seconds ago where I'm like he's great yeah he puts up with me like talking about all this shit right and and that that is that is seen to be a positive in in a partner who has privilege that they're listening to to these experiences that we have and mm -hmm. they're like being considerate of that mm -hmm. when again that should be baseline right I talked a little bit about like what baseline should be last episode but what baseline is not yeah yeah. And I'm, I mean, going back to last episode, I mean, I'm moving in with this partner. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, like, what does that signify sort of long-term? I mean, we've, I have to start thinking about that, too, because right. I'm moving in with this per with this person. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily marriage or kids or, like, even if that's what either of us want, but just long-term in general. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, and it's something that I wonder about. Um, and I often wondered sort of how we're even regarded just in mm. public, um, or like if that's something that people think about is kind of one of the things of being mixed race, are people thinking about it as right. much as I'm thinking about it? Right. Um, cause I'm always thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> as Jackie knows. <laughs> um, always. It's always on my mind. Yeah. Um, and like I've, when I returned to Memphis, um, I'm from the South and, and like when I returned to home to my parents and. I've invited this partner um, to meet my family and things like that, and they've invited me to meet their family and sort of those interactions and those large gatherings and, and those introductions and sort of what that means, what that symbolizes, but also um, in those spaces. So, like, for my partner's family, they're all white. Um, mm -hmm. And my partner's also from the South, but from um, a more rural, a more white part of the South right. um, than I'm used to <laughs> it's very different from this. Yeah. yeah um yeah. very different yeah um and so that was its own mess of of things right um but and so like when I'm introducing my partner to my family my family is 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 black um and so it's and mixed and black right <laughs> yeah um, and so sort of seeing my partner in that situation as well um and sort of reflecting on me being in in the reverse situation of being with their family, um, and then, like, wondering about how their family interprets us, and then wondering how my family interprets us together, um, it's just a lot of things to think about, and it, there's a lot of situations that have come up, sort of, where, um, where in some ways it feels like you're vouching for your partner, I think, if you mm. want to sort of go there, we can talk about yeah. that, um, if there are things that, and it's not necessarily that they've, and they, white partners, as we mentioned in the previous episode, they do fuck up, but not necessarily in a situation where they fucked up, but if anyone is sort of wondering, quite frankly, like, who they're with. Right. When you're the person who steps in. And right. it's like, no, it's okay, they're with me. Right. Um, like, that has happened several times. 
Um, and, like, I don't think they even know that that's happened. Right. Um, and sort of me being aware of that situation. Yeah. Um, and trying to navigate that is something that I had never had to, had to do before. Yeah. And having to reflect on that as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Y- you know, I, I think it's, it's interesting because certainly that's my experience as well, right? This sort of needing to, I think... In a way, I think about this idea of collecting your people. Mm-hmm. Like, when I want, like, white folks who are fucking up, when I want them to be held accountable, and I don't want to expand the emotional energy, because it, it is, it's, it's a huge burden, mm-hmm. right, to, to need to have to call people out on racist shit as a person of color. I ask other white people to collect them. And in many ways, I think there is that positioning of feeling like I need to collect my partner. And, and so the relationship that I'm in now, you know, certainly there, there, is a, there is a certain level of accountability that I expect from my partner that, like, he fills in some capacity because no way in hell, right, am I going to date someone who is at a point in their learning or at a space where they are perpetuating racism mm-hmm. to an extent that, like, I am constantly having to deal with it, Yeah. right? Um, again, I have to, like, hold back the instinct to say I'm lucky, and I, I, re- I want to recognize that, and I really want to put that out there, right? This experience, as a woman of color in particular, right? we've got to bring the gender in there. Mm-hmm. Like, of oh, well, I'm lucky to have, as a femme especially, mm-hmm. I'm lucky to have this mask partner right. who, you know, is, is doing what? Is not being racist? Like, that's not luck. That's just bare bones. Yeah. Um, but, you know, speaking of Dr. Francis's lecture, actually, from the last time, I remember, so I know a ton of folks in that community. Um, and I think it was really the first time that I had engaged with folks in that community for a long, long time. Um, and my partner had come as well, mm-hmm. um, right? Because it's important to me that he he be there for things like this. And Dr. Francis's lecture was really, again, phenomenal. Like, yeah. please look up Dr. Francis's work. It was Jane Crow, Injustice, Race, Crime, and Punishment in New York State. Yeah, really fantastic. Um, but going, so going back to this event, you know, I, I felt embarrassed. Actually, I don't know if I've talked to you about this, Lee. I certainly talked to my partner about it. Um, I felt embarrassed to, like, show up with a white partner. I think because I had certainly a reputation in that community of, um, I think, community organizing, particularly being at the forefront of community organizing around racial injustice that was happening within our community. Like, some really just terrible, terrible stuff. Um, Surprise! Racism (laughs) is terrible. Racism in academia, that's the next one. Oh my god, for real. (laughs) So many topics. Yeah. Um, you know, but there was, there was certainly this, this shame that I carried, you know, I think in, in recognizing that I would have to collect my partner, provided that he fucked up. And I didn't have an expectation that he would, right? I, I went in sort of knowing that I'm not going to bring you into this space if I feel like you are going to be unsafe or harmful in any way to my community of color in a way that is outside of this baseline of, like, white people are going to fuck up. They're always Mm going to fuck up. Right. Um... But still, you know, this, this feeling of, I think, this, this burden that is often put on folks of color in relationship with white folks of, you know, I want to bring you into my community, but I don't, I don't know what harm you're going to do. You know, I yeah. thought the same thing about my, my family, you know, so certainly, um, you know, my, my partner met my parents recently, um, and I was thinking a lot, so my dad's English is very, very broken, um, and it's just the way that it's been, you know, because he, he's an immigrant to this country and, and has just, you know, like, hasn't learned the language because, like, why the fuck does he need to, you yeah. know? Um, but 
I remember having a conversation with my partner and just being so careful and so cautious about that, right? And about, like, I think in particular, doing this thing where I was like, I need you to not slow down for my dad. Mm. I need you to recognize sort of that, like, his, his way of communication is not a detriment. And my partner didn't think that way at all. But still, like, that was my instinct, right? Was to, like, set those boundaries and to have that... And that, you know, that burden, I think, is consistently placed upon, again, folks who are in relationships with people who have privilege that they don't have. Certainly, I think that white-non-white dichotomy is is stronger, but even, like, non-black and black folks are in interracial relationships, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there needs to be anti-black accountability. Yeah. So... I realize also we've been using the words mask and femme, and mm-hmm. we explained what femme was, but didn't we didn't talk about mask. Yeah. Um, so mask is an abbreviation of... Actually, do you want to take this one? Sure. Since I explained femme mask last time. Mask, shortened, ma- masculine, um, for either masculine presenting, masculine center, or just... Um, doesn't necessarily mean man. That's an important distinction. Um, mm-hmm. But just mask as in masculine. Yeah. It's someone who presents that way, someone who kind of walks through the world that way, and I think the reason that it is an important distinction is because there is an inherent privilege in that, yeah. right? And and so walking down the walking down the street as someone who's femme presenting, walking down the street as someone you know who may be wearing a dress or lipstick or you know some things that often are associated with femininity, mm-hmm. right? Um, that person is going to be regarded very differently than someone who is presenting as mask, someone who identifies as mask, someone who's walking down the street in, like, a bow tie versus, like, you know, my heels and my skirt, right, or, right. or whatever it may right. be. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about Q2Bot communities yeah. or QC communities so, and white partners. Yeah, um, but even more so just more about mask <laughs> for a second. Yeah, <laughs> let's get into it. Yeah, so, like, within the queer community, um, within certain queer communities, it's... Um, sort of the the pairing of a mask and femme identity yes. is a particular pairing that is mm-hmm. um, sort of elevated in a lot of ways, um, sort of recreating more of, like, actually, quite frankly, like a heterosexual pairing. Oh, yeah. Um, and so there'll be sort of that femme pairing with a mask pairing, and, and then that's... It's, it's, it's elevated in some way. Absolutely. Um, over other, other partnerships. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that that pairs quite a bit, um, or it pairs well, rather, with this piece on interracial relationships, Mm -hmm. right? Because certainly, I I think, in terms of mask folks and femme folks, right, there is this assumption around, oh, you'll have such cute children. Right, it's a very important point. Right? Mm -hmm. Where, you know, I, I think about, like, you know, you have no idea my capacity or my partner's capacity to have children, mm-hmm. right? Based off of a number of different things, certainly, like gender, like, you know, any potential medical issues that may be going on as related to um, ability to have children, like, yeah. there's, but there is, again, that automatic assumption. Yeah. And there's that automatic sort of, like, I think, it's it's almost this right, they feel like they have this right to comment on something incredibly personal between you and your partner. Yeah. It's also the expectation of that being, like, the end goal and that being, like, the ultimate right. thing of, or the ultimate result of that relationship. Right. Will be this furthering of this, like, again, amalgamated mega race. Right. Yeah. Right. And I remember, it's funny because I remember talking to you about, like, this this piece on children, like, when I just started, I think, dating my partner. I mean, it, it had been a little bit, you know, it wasn't, like, a week or two, certainly. 
but just this awkward thing of, like, I've been dating this person for, like, I don't know, like, two months or something, Mm -hmm. and then what happens? Like, oh, my God, you're such a cute couple. You would have such cute children. Right? And thankfully that hasn't happened in my current partnership, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think honestly is a little bit indicative of, like, well, what things are people willing to say to me when I am with someone who Mm -hmm. is a white man? Yeah. And what things are people willing to say to me when that presence is not there? Right. Right. Um, how do people regard me, regard me differently in terms of ownership? You know, I think that's another really big thing, right? And that's where that intersection of um, colonization, I think, comes in with this experience of being in an interracial relationship of it's not just like, well, this masked person has a right to you because you're femme. Yeah. But it is this white masked person has a right to you because you are a brown femme body. Right. Right. And so where does that come into play? And yeah. of course, nobody's conscious of that. Yeah. Right? Nobody talks about it. Yeah. And nobody thinks about that in the community of like, you know, it's people are like, oh, it's a simple question. Mm-hmm. It's like that question of like, oh, what are you? Yeah. Right? That's a big one in the mixed community. I don't, I don't know if I want to call it mixed community, right? But like, certainly with like mixed and multiracial folks. Yeah. Yeah. Where were we going with this? I don't know. <laughs> Um, we had sort of a, like a, yeah. we had a little bit of a, a loose structure, um, and then we ended up going on a tangent, as I think <laughs> we often do Yeah. in, in conversations like this. Um, yeah. I guess I'm wondering, for you, sort of, what feels like the biggest disconnect um, between... Not necessarily like you and your partner, because it's kind of an intimate question, yeah. right? But the biggest disconnect when when having a partner who has more racial privilege than you do, because I think that's why I'm struggling so much to articulate myself a little bit. Where I'm like I'm over talking in some yeah. ways right now, right? I'm like I'm I'm talking a lot, but because I'm I'm really struggling to sort of like latch on to where where's where's the biggest disconnect for me? Like what's how do I how do I navigate being in a relationship with someone who I care about deeply, but also having there be an inherent burden to that relationship mm-hmm. because my partner is white? Yeah, I think sort of that biggest disconnect. Um, probably the point where like microaggressions stop being microaggressions, and mm-hmm. and there's so much buildup mm. of um, just racist experiences mm-hmm. that people, they don't see, they don't experience it themselves. Um, right. and then maybe, and then like sort of taking that home with you, um, mm-hmm. or taking that in a space with your partner and then, um, having to sort of tell them about it because they haven't experienced it so it's quite literally you telling them about it and right. it's only that right um yeah I think it's that of like we've talked extensively about yeah. um all the shit that we put up with and right. continue to have to deal with right. um and there's like understanding there and there's empathy there and mm. there's like being able to like commiserate there yeah um but there's also like there's also empowerment in that, and, mm-hmm. and then, like, um, even in some ways there can be, like, even be, like, a, a little bit of, like, role-playing how to, like, deal with situations. Right. As well. Right. Um, 
And that doesn't necessarily happen with white partners, or that doesn't doesn't happen in like with the rest of the world. Right. Um, right. And so it's it's that of like me experiencing the shit ton of things that I experience on a day to day basis, but also right. like on a week to week basis, on a month to month mm-hmm. basis, on a year to year basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of having to to come back and talk to my partner about that. Um, right. And then sort of being like, let me tell you about all of this. Right. This thing happened at 9 a.m. This thing happened at 9, 10 a.m. This mm-hmm. thing happened at 9, 13 a.m. And then this thing happened here. And then this happened here. And then this builds on, like, what happened yesterday. And this adds to what happened last week with this thing. And then this person said this. And then, you know, then I read this thing. And then I tried to talk about this thing. And then people ignored me. And then I tried to do this thing. And so it, and it's, it's kind of like you're you're just telling them about it. Right. Yeah. So I think that's that's a disconnect. Yeah, well, I think also they, there's this lack of recognition of, like, the gravity of the situation. Right. Y- you know, I, I think oftentimes I, I think about, like, trying to explain, not just to my partner, but, like, to white people in general, mm-hmm. you know, like, the, the shit that I think I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, like, going into, I know recently I talked to you about I had an interview that was incredibly tokenizing, mm-hmm. incredibly, like, dehumanizing, um, particularly around my Latino identity, you know, and I, I certainly don't want to say too much more because I'm, I'm still in the process of, of interviewing in a couple different positions, so you, yeah. you got to be careful about that shit, right? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but that was, that was just really, I think, in, in a way that I had not experienced in a really long time, just such a struggle. And I remember trying to communicate that to my roommate, to my partner, um, and they understood to some extent, mm-hmm. right? But there still, there still was this like, okay, like that, like that was kind of shitty. And I think there isn't a recognition of how that stays with you, mm-hmm. and how all of these different little pieces stay and they stay and they stay and, and they, they build up, right? And I think I'm I'm thinking a little bit now about um, a post um, of Mia McKenzie's that she featured in her Black Girl Dangerous book around only staying in QT Pac spaces, and I'm like, listen, like there's there's validity to that. You know, I think, like, for as much shame as sometimes I can feel bringing my white partner into POC spaces... Well, I don't... I will say I actually don't do that. That I don't do. Um, because I, I recognize sort of, like, what it means to have that space. Not just for my community members, but for me. But anyway, I think the shame that I bring, like, bringing my partner into spaces where there are other folks of color that I care about and, like, that carefulness and, like, needing to be conscious of, like, collecting my partner, like... You know, I, I recognize sort of, like, you don't have to carry that, right? And and, and so I, I very much respect, I think, the choices of other POC to not engage in that. Yeah. But then when I'm engaging in that, I'm like, okay, what am, like what's going on? What am I doing, right? Um, I think the other thing I was thinking of, so certainly I had this one experience with um, my the person I was dating before my current partner. Um, before I went to grad school, because we knew we, we had started dating in undergrad, where I remember my partner was like, this, this school is going to change you. And it was a small thing that was said, like, years ago. Um, but I remembered it really clearly, because the grad school I went to is one that, who's like, that has a commitment to anti-racism, core social justice tenets, blah, 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 blah. And I remember all of the conversations we had as that school did change me. Because it really fucking opened my eyes to, like, all the racist shit that was going on that I just, like, had pushed away because I was internalizing mm-hmm. racism and because I was colluding with whiteness because it was easier, yeah. right? 
Um, and I remember the gaslighting that happened in that relationship, you know, and I, and I remember not recognizing it as gaslighting until, until later on. So I actually, hopefully, hopefully my ex partner is not listening to this. I mean, you know, that'd be a little bit of an awkward conversation, right? It's fine. Um, but it was funny because I actually, um, so I recently, so my, my ex partner lives in Los Angeles. Um, and I recently went to present at a conference in Los Angeles and we like hadn't seen each other in some time and we dated for a long time, you know, and it's, it's important to me to like, you know, be on friendly terms and that's really important to my, my ex partner as well. Um, and so we, we had dinner and I remember sort of, he was, so my, I, my ex partner is mask as well. Um, and I remember he, he said during dinner, I tried to explain you to my roommate. And the best way that I could explain you to my roommate was by showing these Facebook posts that you put up. And it was, right, I haven't told you about this. And it was like, and they were like my typical, you know, like, like calling white people out. I had particularly, I had posted about Moonlight because mm -hmm. um, that had just happened. So it was in Los Angeles around the time of the Oscars. Um, and like I'd posted like, listen, I am like up in like my petty POC joy with like the rest of the community. Yeah. Like I am screaming about this black queer magic. Like I'm all about this shit. Yeah. But let's talk about the fact that this moment was taken away. Mm -hmm. And like, that's, that's what my ex partner was like pulling out as if it was a negative. Hmm. Right. And so, and so recognizing that, right. And again, recognizing the burden that often comes with being in relationships with white partners because I mean I'm I'm with a white partner now, right? But certainly I recognize like what happened in my old relationship and I'm not replicating that. Yeah. Right. No way in hell am I gonna be with a partner who's gonna gaslight me. Like if somebody tells me like, ooh, I think you're being a little over dramatic, I'm gonna be like, I think you're being a little bit too over dramatic about this conversation and now we're not gonna be together anymore. Yeah. Right? Like and I think that's, that's also, whew, I'm talking a lot this time. No, it's it's hard. Um, but that's the important thing to remember too also is, right, like that as hard as it is to be in a relationship where someone has more racial privilege than you do, there's got to be that limit, right? Yeah. There needs to be that self-valuing of, okay, we can have these differences, but you need to be showing up. You need to be in solidarity. Yeah. And there needs to be, I think, this normalizing of if you are in a relationship where somebody has more racial privilege than you, like, if they're not in solidarity with you, and if they're shaming you for, like, you just having experiences of oppression as a person of color, that person needs to be gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Two quick things. Yes. One. Many things. Go. <laughs> if, if your partner that you dated for that long, or, like, X amount of time, um, only, the only way that he could describe you was your <laughs> Facebook post and be like, yeah, this in and, and a negative. <laughs> like, framing, one, fuck him. <laughs> And two, if anyone hasn't read Mia McKenzie, Black Girl Dangerous, oh, they yes. need to immediately. They need to. They do. Right now. All right. She is. Uh, um, I, think, I think we can yeah. maybe call it. Thanks for, for, for listening, and we hope that you tune in next episode. Yeah. We have a lot more to say. As always. <laughs> See ya.